0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I am your host, the one, the only Cody Kelly. I look forward to bringing you this uh, great news content uh, covering stories of developments out of New Jersey, unfortunate developments out of New Jersey, uh, to impeachment updates, um, going into the interesting and yet... uh, futuristic developments of the Space Force uh, and ending with some just great, um, uh, what I would call developments in the business sector of the United States. Uh, But it's going to be a great time. Stay tuned. Unfortunate uh, events have occurred uh, in New Jersey. Brandon Zardoni and Ben Collins uh, go on to write that... um, There have been online posts tied to the suspected New Jersey Deli shooter uh, who pushed anti-Semitic conspiracies. Multiple years of social media posts are connected to one of the suspects indicated that he also advocated for violence against police officers. One of the two suspects in Tuesday's shooting um, at a kosher deli in Jersey City pushed these anti-Semitic theories and praised past attacks on Jewish people in New York and killings of police officers, according to the social media post seen by NBC News. Police have identified the suspects who were killed in the shootings as David Anderson and Francine Graham. Police also identified Anderson as um, a follower of a faction of the black hebrew Israelites movement uh, who have been cited to be a hate group and anti-Semitic according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. New Jersey Attorney General Gerber Gruwell also named Anderson and Graham as the prime suspects in the beating death of Michael Rumberger, 34-year-old Uber driver whose body was found in a trunk of a car over the weekend. Gruwell offered no other details on how the crimes might be linked or a motive for Rumberger's murder. Jersey City Mayor Stephen Philop said uh, that Anderson and Graham have targeted Kosher Deli and conspired, uh, thus making it a hate crime. Multiple years of social media posts are connecting uh, these two to this incident and have indicated that it appeared to subscribe to a variety of anti-Semitic worldviews and also advocated for violence. Uh, they've also named uh, New Jersey Attorney General Gerber Gruel has also named Anderson and Graham as the prime suspects in the beating death of Ron uh, I think there's a sad beyond reason. It's sad that hatred is such a force uh, in the world, not just in the United States, that these attacks are still occurring. These attacks should never occur for any reason. Hatred is not cool in any way, shape or form. And to be present or to exist in a society that, yes, condemns it, but to me doesn't put up enough restraint to almost, um, I I, I can't say see it coming because how can you interpret, I mean, somebody always has free will, but but to me has not done enough to make sure that the message is clear that hatred will not be tolerated. Um, Unfortunately, it seems that hatred is becoming more of the norm instead of uh, more of the exception. Uh, This is an incident that is uh, intolerable uh, that is utterly disgusting uh, and will not uh, be, be tolerated, will not be adhered to. I believe that the United States has great individuals in it, that the world has great citizens in it that are dedicated to moving the human uh, race forward and, and moving it in solidarity and unity. Uh, so my not not just thoughts and prayers, but actions... Uh, of hope uh, and peace are directed toward uh, New Jersey, as directed toward the Rumberger family Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. the uh, victims in the Delhi shooting uh, that we can all move forward and be better for it. Interesting updates in the impeachment process. Uh, Rebecca Shabbat goes on to write the lawmakers debate impeachment ahead of committee vote on articles. The House Judiciary Committee has worked Late into the night, as Republicans and Democrats on the panel have weighed in on the eve uh, of the House Judiciary Committee scheduled votes for the article of impeachment against President Donald Trump, the Democrats have argued that Congress must uphold president accountable, while Republicans have charged that the only abuse of power was by the Democrats. Speaking at more than a three-hour meeting on the House Judiciary Committee, Democratic lawmakers said that they didn't come to Congress wanting to impeach a president. But they pointed to a detailed evidence since the inquiry began in late September that has now given rise to two impeachment articles, one of or one for the abuse of power and the other for the obstruction of Congress. Uh, so obviously, I believe that the impeachment articles, uh, the two, one for the abuse of power and then one for the obstruction of Congress is valid. Um it's not that I am a Democrat, but the points are valid and truthful, and there's evidence to support that. I do not believe that this uh, session and this, this body of Congress came in uh, or, or was inaugurated for the fact of impeaching him. But I do believe it is a response to the atrocities that have occurred, I think, over the tenure of the presidency of Trump. There has been incident after incident after incident after incident and it has mounted this reaction. Now, the real question is, will he be impeached in the Senate? And no president has ever been impeached in House and Senate. And then to be followed with with legal pursuit is unprecedented. Uh, so sometimes it feels like the wheels are just turning on the car and we're going nowhere. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if that's the case for this. I don't know if it's just, you know an ethical, you know, execution that you have to go through this process. But I am concerned that this is starting to feel and to look more like uh, political propaganda than justice. Uh, Because I don't see it, and I'm not saying it can't happen, but if the Senate does not impeach, then what? Then it's, you know, back to normal. You know, all things are... You know, equal. And then, you know, are you really going to prosecute a president as the other, you know, standard? So or the other thing in question. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Um, definitely pulling for justice. I'm pulling not for any political party, uh, but for the ability for America to move forward, uh, for true insight and true truth and virtue, and hopefully uh, these will be the guiding principles going forward. Space Force is not a myth, I guess. So Space Force, uh, the <laughs> the heavily anticipated, I guess, uh, creation by the Trump administration into galactic, uh, I guess, intervention? I'm not sure. Galactic uh, missions. Uh, Space Force as parental leave for federal workers approved in a bipartisan House bill. Trump has stated uh, that he wanted to make sure that the U.S. maintained its supremacy in the skies. Uh, the, the House has passed its annual defense policy measure, which combined a $738 billion Pentagon price tag with legislation to provide federal employees with 12 weeks of paid parental leave and authorized the launch of Space Force. The sweeping 377-48 to 48 vote followed weeks of arduous House-Senate negotiations that finally yielded a traditionally bipartisan measure, stripped of many add-ons sought by the Democrats who are controlling the House. The results came over-outnumbered protests by some of the chamber's most liberal members who said Democratic negotiators should have fought harder for the House-passed policies. They're unhappy about the spiraling defense budget. To, so, I... It feels like this ambiguous uh, department that <laughs> I don't know if it has true validity um, gets a, a compromise of making sure that parental leave is there, which is great. You know, it should be with every company, every organization should have parental leave standards and make sure that there's proper amount of allocated time uh, for the um, individuals who have went through. Uh, the process of acquiring a infant. Uh, so, cool, right? Uh, but if that's the, the compromise, when the truth is you gave up $738 billion to fund the defense program, and part of that funding is going to this uh, newly inspired uh, task force, if you will, to make sure that you know we can have peace with obi-wan kenobi and you know all the trekkies and star wars people it's just i mean like it i i just don't know right like i think space force i'm not saying it's not needed i'm just saying that the validity of its existence is still in question and then the reality is to give almost a trillion dollars when that same amount of money could have been given to education. Like, I just I just can't justify that big of a spin. So, to me, the issue is not Space Force, the final frontier. It is, why did we give almost a trillion dollars uh, to the defense program uh, when you have individuals here and, in, you know, on U.S. soil, U.S. citizens, who, if you would have given half of that money to fund programs would have had a better existence and a better life. Uh, So this, to me, is not policy. This is priority. Viacom has agreed to sell uh, its landmark BlackRock headquarters in Manhattan. Uh, Viacom is... Selling off non core assets uh, in a real estate in order to perk up investors' interest in the newly merged media company. Uh, following the completion of his merger last week, uh, Viacom CBS is selling CBS' historic Midtown Manhattan quarters, known as BlackRock. CEO Bob Backish has confirmed this. It is a very material asset. It's not an asset we need to own. Backish said nothing or noting that the sale. Of some of his non core assets, such as real estate, could generate cash for just buybacks or for stock buybacks. Uh, Backish has also made the announcement at an investors' conference that first such an event uh, since Viacom CBS began trading as a newly combined entity uh, ahead of his new media conglomerate. Backish is looking to perk up investors' interest after lackluster response. To the merger of two companies, Viacom, considered the sale of the building in 2000, the time was worth $370 million. Uh, located on 52nd Street and 6th Avenue, Black Rock is the 38-story modernist granite building designed by Edo uh, Saranin. It carries a plaque honoring the founder of CBS, who was William Paley. It was granted landmark status in 1997 has also served as the headquarters for the television network since 1964. Last year, CBS sold Office Television City headquarters in L.A. for $750 million. That's a whole lot of money. So, um, a lot of times when companies restructure, decreasing the non-essential assets or non-core assets is a way to increase operational efficiencies. because cuts down on, on overhead costs. Uh, lowers the efficiency ratio which is a good thing that means the cost per employee to generate income goes down which means employees are more productive because you have less things taking away from the uh, total revenue does it peak investors interest I'm um, if it's because it shows a stronger profitability marker maybe you know indirectly yes uh but not To me, directly, I think it's a way for the company to have more liquidation and have more access to its own uh, cash capital so it can buy back its stock and increase the value, and that, in turn, will increase investors' interest. Uh, So, yes and no. Um, I think it was just a good business move because efficiency is the name of the game, right? Doing more with less. Uh, And this was a more with less move. And since the merger, you know, obviously they had to spend a lot of money to acquire and to be acquired. Uh, so right now they're probably cash trapped, right? <laughs> so when you need to increase cash flow, you do things like sell off, you know, non core assets. Uh, I'm interested to see how this is affecting the employee count, uh, and then how this has uh, affected wages because obviously, you know, depending on. Uh, what the value of the stock was trading before versus what the value of the stock is trading now, the valuation of the company, all that is tied in together. But otherwise, it, it's a solid deal. Shout out to Viacom CBS, Shout out to CEO Bob Backish. If you want to make uh, me a sizable donation in cash at me, I accept any all donations. But anyway, good business move. School debt being canceled. What? I wish my school... To we'll do that, anyway, so University of Phoenix has decided to cancel 141 million dollars in student loan debt. This deal has been announced, settle a dispute over an ad campaign that for-profit college uh, was launched in 2012. University of Phoenix of Phoenix and its parent company have agreed to pay 50 million dollars in cash and cancel 141 million dollars in student debt to settle allegations of deceptive advertisement brought by the Federal Trade Commission. This settlement is a dispute over an ad campaign for profit college, uh, which was launched in 2012, tutoring or not tutoring, but touting partnerships with companies including Microsoft, Twitter, and Adobe. It has suggested that the school worked with those campaigns to create job opportunities for students, even though there was no such agreement, investigators found. The FTC has said that the settlement is the largest the agency has ever obtained against a for profit college. Uh, this is deal this is an amazing thing um, it shows that justice can occur and will occur um, it also shows that education is is I won't say a trap but it's, it's lucrative anytime you can pay off $50 million in cash and then cancel $141 million in debt I mean somebody has to eat that right and you know University of Phoenix hasn't been around you know this is not like your university has been around since the 1800s. It's not like Harvard, right? So, I mean, it shows that education is not just for making people smarter. It's a system that is designed to, yes, help, inspire, teach, instruct, uh, but also to profit. <laughs> and this this just goes to show. And sometimes it's can be falsely... Promoted uh, as a instrument of genuous or or sincere service and mission work. Uh, and I'm not taking anything away, but I think sometimes we lose sight of uh, that education is a two-edged sword and there's a duality and a binary language and, and ecosystem and just overall feel that exists. You give and take, right? So I'm receiving... This great instruction and things and certificates and degrees, but I'm giving my time, my sacrifice, my discipline, my study habits, and my money. And in turn, I'm hoping that the ROI is that I'm smarter or I'm more equipped to do what I feel I've been called to do or what I want to do. Uh, So, you know, I'm glad University of Phoenix is paying up. Uh, I hope I don't want to see anybody have to get busted by the FTC to do something great. Uh, But there should be a just a cancellation of student debt, I believe. That if somebody is seeking something as virtuous as education, it cannot be this astronomically priced. Uh, it can't be something that is uh, re- beyond reaching. It should be easy, accessible, uh, and flat <laughs> as far as, as rates are concerned. Uh, it should be uh, a, a system where higher learning and higher virtue is truly imbued. Uh, so, uh, with that being said, uh, University of Phoenix, I didn't go to your school, but if you want to write me some cash, you write me a check. I'm here for it. Hey guys, this has been a great time uh, sharing this content with you. Happy you tuned in. Uh, follow me on Instagram, cbmk33. Connect with me. Let me know what you want me to cover. I would love to get your features on the podcast. You can send me just a clip of just your rant or whatever, and I'll try to reply. Uh, but until next time, thanks.